This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, the bad news is we did not get any new video, any explosive video from Tucker Carlson last night from January 6th. That was surprising. You have to wonder, did they get to him? Did they get to Rupert Murdoch? Did they get to Fox News? Did Chuck Schumer succeed in suppressing these videos? God knows he was trying. So were lots of uh, other people, Republicans, Mitt Romney, Mitch McConnell, uh, Tom Tillis. They, they weren't happy that Tucker was, uh, was exposing what really happened on January 6th. That was a little surprising. We will talk about that. But the good news is, he didn't have to show video. All Tucker had to do was was take possession of it, say he's got it, and say he's going to show it, and say there's going to be some uh, revelations here. And the media and the uniparty in Washington went nuts. It was an amazing thing to watch, an amazing thing to watch unfold. It was the uh, mainstream media uh, coming out uh, forcefully against transparency against journalism. I'm not sure when we've seen a story expose these hacks, these, these shills, these, these tools of the regime better than, uh, than Tucker did. And Kevin McCarthy did this week. Uh, I mean, here's what Tucker did. He did on, uh, on Monday and he did, a little bit yesterday, last night. We'll get to we'll get to what he did last night on his show. It was worthwhile. It was a good show, but there was no new video, and that's what uh, Schumer and company were demanding. Don't let him show the video, and he didn't. Will he get to it tonight? Maybe. Hopefully, I, I can't imagine Tucker's going to back down. But he does have he does have bosses. He does have uh, people uh, running Fox News like Murdoch, like Paul Ryan, who probably weren't happy with him doing journalism. They weren't happy with him uh, showing uh, the the country, showing the people, the taxpayers, what went on in their house on January 6th. I enjoyed nothing more than seeing the the media and the the, uh, Republicans, the hacks, the, 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 deep state, the swamp, whatever you want to call it. Nothing, nothing's more fun than watching these frauds get exposed. And Tucker did that. And he will continue to do that. That's his great gift. He does not care what these people want. In fact, I think he's motivated to expose them as hypocrites. But it's a remar- remarkable thing. Let's, let's just break it down. We got, we got lots to get to here. We're going to get to uh, uh, Dr. Jill and her defense of her aging dementia riddled husband. It's, it's a remarkable uh, case she's making for the uh, mental competency of her husband as he prepares to announce his uh, run for reelection. We got Corinne Jean-Pierre saying fentanyl is at an all time low. <laughs> I mean, I know that job requires you to lie, and, but she's just so bad at the job. She's not even a good liar. And we'll get to the, uh, Kendrick Perkins, J.J. Reddick debate, which I cannot believe uh, it actually happened on ESPN. Uh, But uh, Kendrick Perkins thinks uh, the MVP voters, the NBA writers, the NBA reporters, they're all racist. (laughs) That is a hell of a take from uh, Perk. I know the media loves Perk. But boy, what an idiotic take from him. Uh, We have it. I I know why he did it. I mean, he's on ESPN. His job is to make everything about race. And he thinks he did it. He thinks he pleased his bosses. But man, I'm not sure he knows how stupid he sounds. But uh, speaking of stupid, 
we will uh, we will break down this uh, this this Tucker Carlson thing because it is, it, it is so it's so glorious when you stop and think about it. He's being accused of cherry picking video. I think he loves when people accuse him of that because what he's doing is providing another side to the January 6th committee, which as we all know, was just, was, was a sham, was a charade. They just put a bunch of Trump haters on there and said, let's stop Trump. Let's uh, cherry pick video. And uh, let's, um, uh, let's craft this to uh, serve our political purposes. There was no truth. They weren't looking to get to the truth on the January 6th committee. Uh, A reminder, they never, uh, they never called Ray Epps before the committee. You weren't even allowed to ma- mention Ray Epps' name. Uh, we learned last night, I believe this was on uh, CNN, uh, the Capitol Hill Police Chief, Stephen Sund, was never called before the committee. And one veteran Capitol Hill cop, Tarek, Tarek Johnson, who ended up uh, sitting down with Tucker, was never called before the committee, was reprimanded for wearing a red MAGA hat during the riot, which he explains to Tucker was designed to help him get through the crowd to make, to, to, to not uh, create any problems with the crowd. They saw someone gave him a hat. He put it on. He fought his way through the crowd for a reason. He's a Biden voter, but he put a Trump hat on and was punished by Nancy Pelosi and the other, uh, the other powers that be. And he was forced to resign. That was big. That was good on Tucker, but I still was left wondering what happened to the video what happened to new video on Monday? He showed us lots of new video. He exonerated uh, Jacob Chansley, the QAnon shaman who is still rotting in jail, who should be freed today. We know he committed no crimes. We know the cops escorted him around the Capitol. That's one way to expose the media and the Democrats. These are people who generally hate cops, wanted to fund cops, but they love these cops, these cops who opened the doors for the rioters and the protesters and the tourists. Uh, they love these cops who some of, some of whom still haven't gone back to work. They were so traumatized on January 6th and you're not allowed to criticize these cops uh, according to the media. But he also uh, um, showed uh, the lie that Josh Hawley was running scared from the crowd. We saw that. He also questioned how many feds were in the crowd. Why wouldn't you want to know that? It's remarkable. The mainstream media does not want to know what really happened on January 6th because they're on the side of Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and Benny Thompson and Jamie Raskin and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. They're on their team. They're doing their bidding as usual. We saw it all through COVID. Hell, we see it through the Ukraine war. Whatever it takes to defend, to support the Biden administration is what they do. But in this case, they are literally demanding that uh, the news be suppressed. They are literally saying, stop this man who was given the video, the footage by the Speaker of the House, and God bless Kevin McCarthy for this. It is brilliant. He's literally giving them access, giving Tucker access to video from the uh, Capitol Hill uh, riot, from the insurrection, and saying, let the country see it. Let everybody see it. The taxpayers pay for those cameras. They pay for that video. They pay for that house. They have a right to see it. And what does the mainstream media do? They demand we not see it. 
and they take it a step further. They call Tucker a, a Nazi and a communist and a Soviet and a, and a fascist for allowing Americans to see video that they have every right to see. That is the best part of this. I, I you know, I'm, I'm glad Jacob Chansley, I'm glad that we get to see the truth about him and other, and other uh, people who were arrested in the Capitol. I'm glad we get to hear about the unfairness of the trials. We saw that last night with Julie Kelly talking about the judges and how they uh, will not allow this exculpatory evidence into their courtroom. They want to railroad these people because they hate them. They're Trump supporters. They're, they're white trash in the minds of these elitists in D.C. And they're okay with putting them away with over-punishing them for, for putting them in solitary confinement. Jacob Chansley, by the way, not the most stable guy, obviously a, 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 a kind of an unhinged character. He painted his face. He took his shirt off. He wore Viking horns. He carried a flag. He howled like a wolf. That man was never particularly stable. We know that. His mother has made that clear. They put him in solitary confinement for 317 days. So if you're a liberal and you care about the little people, you care about injustice, are you okay with that? Jacob Chansley being put in solitary. I have a, my best friend went to prison. He was put in solitary for three weeks and lost his mind. You know, almost broke him. This is 317 days, more than 10 months in solitary for mulling around the Capitol. We saw everything he did. Everywhere he went, he, he, was, uh, he wasn't violent, he didn't punch anyone, he didn't break anything, and he's doing 10 months. He did, 10 months in solitary. He's doing 41 months in prison. How does that not upset, outrage everybody? And then you bring in the contrast to, the, to Antifa and the BLM rioters who burned the city of D.C. down on the night of Trump's uh, inauguration, who burned a police station. The guy who burned the police station to the ground in Minneapolis was sentenced to four years, just a little more than Jacob Chansley, who uh, mulled, who wandered, who, who, who walked around the Capitol. And somehow we're not supposed to be upset about that because, you know, he was trying to overthrow democracy. Yes, he wanted to hang Mike Pence. God, this narrative is falling apart, and well it should. It's been two years of lying, of, of, of doctoring, of cherry-picking, from the Jan 6 committee, from these these people who were just blind with hatred for Trump and didn't care about the truth. We're getting another side to it, and they can't stand that. It's just a, it's a remarkable thing to see. I love when the media gets exposed. I love when we see them, see how hypocritical they are, how they really don't care about journalism. They are not journalism. They are just a, a, a PR wing, a PR arm, of the Biden administration. And I don't think we've ever seen them exposed quite like this. We have sound from these people. We have, we have Chucky Schumer demanding, demanding that a network, a cable TV network, demanding this CEO, whatever, Rupert Murdoch, the guy who runs the network, demanding he stop the news, stop journalism. Don't let the country see this video. And I should add before we play this, Kevin McCarthy explained that the Capitol Hill police got to see the video, obviously, and they were allowed to say to stop Tucker from airing 
anything that might expose, you know, security or, or anything that uh, the public should not be allowed to see. He said they, they flagged one video. That's it. The other, you know, 40 million hours, they said, that's okay. Public should be able to see it. And we saw some of it, much of it, or a little of it on Monday. Last night, we saw none of the new video. And you have to wonder, with all these scumbags, with Schumer and Mitch McConnell and, 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 and everyone in the Biden administration, everyone in the media pressuring Fox, did they buckle? Did they bend? Did they give in and say, we're going to put a hold on this? I, I, it makes me wonder. And the other thing that makes me wonder is, it's barely covered on the rest of the Fox network, the Fox news people. Um, Greg uh, Kelly last night on Newsmax did a whole thing where he went through the Fox shows, the Fox and friends and the other, and they didn't touch it. Some, an order came down from on high to, uh, to not really, really cover this, to not overdo it, to let Tucker do his thing. And we'll spend our time on, uh, immigration or the, the, the two people who got murdered in Mexico. They're, they're spending most of the time on that. They're not touching this. That means somebody got to someone, which is scary, but let's listen to this thing, which is again, supported 100% by the media, by the reporters who are supposed to be reporting. They're okay with the most powerful Democrat in the Senate. Uh, one of the most powerful Democrats, but the people in the country demanding that the country, the people, the taxpayers not see something that uh, he's seen, that the committee's seen and cherry picked and decided not to show us calling out the head of the network saying, don't let anyone see this. This should give everyone a cold chill a, a, a down there, down their spine. This is just un-American, but let's listen to this, 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 this guy. These lies continue tonight. Rupert Murdoch, who has admitted they were lies and said he regretted it, has a special obligation to stop Tucker Carlson from going on tonight now that he's seen how he has perverted and slimed the truth and from letting him go on again and again and again. Not because their views deserve such a program, but because our democracy depends on it. Our democracy, our democracy depends on people, citizens, taxpayers, not being able to see what happened in their house on January 6th. We were allowed to see hours and hours of tape that Liz Cheney and Benny Thompson and Nancy Pelosi cherry picked. And what are they accusing Tucker of doing? Cherry picking. Well, of course he's cherry picking. There's 41,000 hours of tape. He has a one hour show. I can't show it all. Chucky, but we spent two years watching Democrats cherry pick January 6th videotape footage. And now Tucker cherry picks and they're demanding he be stopped. Pull the plug on that man. I can't believe that this guy, the Schumer and these others, Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney said, it's sad to see Tucker go off the rails. Now there's no bigger snake. There's no bigger backstabbing weasel in DC than Mitt Romney an absolute disgrace to the country. Um, how did he go off the rails? He showed videotape that uh, exonerated some people who've been railroaded. You want to talk about going off the rails? The justice system put people in solitary 
for trespassing in the people's house. People who walked through the Capitol after the cops opened the door and escorted them in. That's okay with Mitt Romney. But you want to show people another side of this? That's going off the rails. That's a lie, according to Chuck Schumer. These people are just despicable. Do we have the the turtle talking about this too? Talk about, there is no politician in the world less popular, more hated than Mitch McConnell. This absolute scumbag, the one who voted for a uh, forced through Biden's omnibus bill, $1.7 trillion bill before Republicans took control of the House. Just an absolute snake. Look at his tie. He's got the Ukraine tie on right now. (laughs) That's true. The guy who loves war, the guy who's gotten fabulously wealthy on uh, doing business in China, he and his wife. Now worth over $200 million. The guy makes 200 and something grand a year. He's worth over $200 million. He's as filthy, dirty as they come. An absolute swamp rat of the highest order. Demanding a journalist not show video, just video. Forget commentary, forget just video that should be public and soon will be public. He's showing it, and Mitt Romney, uh, Mitt, Mitt Romney, same thing. Mitch McConnell is all upset. Let's listen to this snake before we get to the uh, to the media. Go ahead. After releasing this footage, was it a mistake by Speaker McCarthy to give access to Tucker Carlson of this security footage? My uh, concern is how it was depicted, which is a different issue. Clearly, the chief of the Capitol Police, in my view, correctly describes what most of us witnessed firsthand on January 6th. So that's my reaction to it. Um, It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at Capitol thinks. How does that guy? How does he get elected? I mean, I know I, I can't. No my my elected representatives are the worst. But people in Kentucky, they vote for the. They, they have a great senator, Rand Paul. They have the best congressman in Thomas Massey, and they elect this swamp rat every six years. It's it's. Uh, I can't wait to get his this this turtle face out of out of out of D.C. I know he's old. Looks like he's falling apart. Looks like he's barely breathing. Boy, what a piece of piece of garbage. Honest to God, how they depicted it. Okay, Mitch, do you want to know how many feds were in the crowd? Do you want to know what Ray Epps's role, Ray Epps role was? Do you want to know why a guy, Jacob Chansley, a, a, a Navy uh, veteran, why he's sitting in prison for 41 months for mulling? Does that bother you, Mitch? Do you care about it at all? Do you care that the January 6th committee kicked two Republicans off it, added, added two Trump haters and staged a show trial in prime time, used taxpayers' money, spent $28 million for this glittery Hollywood production. Did that bother you, how it was depicted by them, by those people who had an agenda? Oh, God, I I can't stand looking at him, looking at his turtle face, but... Uh, the best part, though, I mean, obviously, it's there's a uniparty. These people are all on the same team. There's a few rebels out there, thank God, and thank God for at the moment. Kevin McCarthy's one of them, although I think he was forced to do this by the real rebels like uh, Matt Gates and uh, 
Lauren Boebert and, uh, and a few others, but, uh, that that's frustrating, maddening, listening to those people, those, those hypocrites, but the media is another story. The media, they're just, just unbelievable how corrupt, how dishonest, how in the tank the mainstream media is. I should, I should get that, uh, um, tweet from, um, from Matt Taibbi, Matt Taibbi. And when we get to that, the, the, the Biden administration through the FTC is demanding Elon Musk turn over all the Twitter files and name the names, give him the names of all the journalists that he uh, has worked with. The, the federal government, the Biden administration demanding the names of journalists who are doing their job, doing journalism. Matt Taibbi tweets out yesterday. I love this. There's no other way to say it. My former colleagues in mainstream media are spineless, corrupt, amoral fuckwits. <laughs> he, they are that, Matt Taibbi. I used to hate you, but man, you have come around and uh, that is refreshing. There's not a lot of journalists left, but uh, he is one of them. And he knows of what he speaks. He knows what these uh, people who used to be his, uh, his colleagues have turned into spineless, corrupt, amoral fuckwits. Not sure of what exactly a fuckwit is, but that's what these people are. That's what that guy is. Let's start with Oliver Darcy on CNN. Let's listen to some of the meltdown the media had when uh, Tucker Carlson was threatening to do actual journalism. Go ahead. What we saw tonight, Allison, from Tucker is is nothing new. He has been trying to sanitize the very real violence that we all saw uh, unfold at the U.S. Capitol. 41,000 hours of footage from an attempted coup is federal evidence. How on earth is Kevin McCarthy trying to justify to fellow members of Congress giving 41,000 hours of federal investigative evidence and material to Fox News? This is the danger of... Not fairness, unfairness. You should give it to every news organization at the same time. What's next? Or, uh, is the Speaker of the House going to turn over the daily schedules of the Capitol Police? Uh, are they going to give them the codes to the, uh, to, to the locked doors? Nobody that believes any of that garbage Tucker was spewing, none of their kids will ever believe that garbage. It feels like a Soviet system or, you know, the way the Nazis would build a Potemkin village. Tucker Carlson's doing the same thing with the footage from uh, 1-6. Footage. Oh, that's the best one. That's he's not a journalist. If he's a fraud, but but I mean, I know, people think you know Ken Burns is so smart. First of all, Potemkin villages are Russian. They're not Nazis. They're not German. Secondly, just quick review. McCarthy gave him access to this uh, video. The he showed it. So he's a Soviet. He's a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of agree oh, with uh, Don Lemon. I think just like, you know, it's almost like putting, you know, young children, it's almost like killing babies, putting babies in, in gas chambers, almost showing video from a public building owned by the taxpayers of, of a, of a, uh, one day uh, at the Capitol where crimes were committed. We just spent two years watching video that was cherry picked by the January 6th committee and the Democrats. Nobody cared. And then you have, Don Lemon, who still has a job somehow, Don Lemon saying it's unfair that he gave the video, the footage to Tucker. They didn't want it. 
No one demanded it. CNN didn't demand it. MSNBC didn't demand New York Times. They didn't demand the 41,000 hours. They were okay when Nancy Pelosi sat on it, suppressed it. And now that one media outlet is, is showing it, they're upset saying it's unfair. This whole thing is wonderful. Just great to watch. Great move by, by uh, Kevin McCarthy. Great job by Tucker. I would like to see more video. Last night was a good show again. Uh, this Capitol Hill cop, Tariq Tarek Johnson, former Capitol Hill cop, was good. He 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 explained just how uh, rigged the whole thing was and how he's been railroaded because he put on a MAGA hat. He claims he's a Biden voter, but he put on a MAGA hat, so they destroyed him. That's what these people are all about, destroying MAGA. That's what it's all about. Hopefully, Tucker gets to the role of Ray Epps, who, by the way, Tucker proved lied under oath. Ray Epps lied under oath. It's the only insurrectionists the Democrats and Kinziger and Cheney will protect. Ray Epps, obviously a federal agent, obviously uh, a guy uh, who is there to encourage the rioters. We have him on tape demanding everyone storm the Capitol and somehow he's not called before the committee. Somehow he's not even named. The whole thing is rigged. Tucker's exposing it and they can't take it. It's just great to watch. I look forward to uh, part three, part four. It's unbelievable though. I I swear to God, Newsmax is covering it more than Fox. (laughs) Newsmax spending more time on it, giving more credit to Tucker than his colleagues at Fox. I don't get it. I do feel someone has gotten to someone has gotten to someone. So we're going to see, uh, I don't know what we're going to see. Maybe they'll, uh, Maybe we'll see no more of it. Maybe they'll they'll uh, suppress more video and we'll never see it. But uh, he has uh, done a great service to the country, exposing these uniparty hacks and exposing the corrupt mainstream media. If you weren't convinced already that these people were frauds and uh, shills for the administration. But uh, good job, Tucker. We'll be watching. All right, let's, let's move. We got to move. We got a lot to get to. We got to get to this uh, Kendrick Perkins story too, but I want to, I want to do Jill. I want to do Dr. Jill (laughs) talking about could be the single worst defense of uh, Joe Biden in his uh, current state that I've ever heard. But uh, let me do, let's, let's get to our wonderful sponsor and then we'll get to Dr. Jill. I absolutely love this time of year. The madness is upon us. College basketball is king in March. Time for buzzer-beating shots, Cinderella stories, and rivalries with great histories. Make your March a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit mybookie.website slash Jerry and use promo code Jerry to receive a deposit bonus of up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at big money. If you're the type of person who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at a life-changing amount of money. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win like MyBookie. Remember, visit MyBookie online at mybookie.website slash Jerry and use promo code Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. All right, everybody wants to know, is Joe Biden going to run? The answer is yes, he's going to run. He can't, it's what he is. He's a cranky old narcissist who thinks 
He's doing a great job who thinks he's important. You know, he thinks he's done important work and he has to continue to do it. He thinks he's going to live forever. And he's got a elder abusing wife pushing him in that direction. The second worst wife in uh, America that will be ever ranked. She's number two, right? Giselle Fetterman's the worst wife in America. She's ziplining in Canada where her husband's having a complete mental breakdown and he's uh, in a rubber room in a nervous hospital and she's up with her kids ziplining. Jill Biden is the most dangerous uh, elder abuser because I'm not sure if she were a good wife and she would tell her husband, time to walk away, let's time to enjoy our golden years. Let's go to the beach. Let's enjoy the tens of millions of dollars that you've made selling influence around the world. She doesn't want that. She wants him to stay in power. She wants, she loves the power. She loves the control. She loves the private flight, you know, air force one and all the luxuries that come with the job. She is pushing. I'm convinced the more I watch her, I'm more convinced she's in control and she is pushing him to run again. And he's going to, and it's going to be humiliating. She's pushing her husband up on that debate stage, up on that, by that podium, pushing him to travel. And we will continue to see him stumble and bumble and fall down the stairs and lose his way and wander off stage. She's okay with that. No loving wife, no loving spouse could ever want their spouse to be humiliated like that, to be mocked and ridiculed by the world. But she's okay with that because she loves the power. Uh, So she sits down with her friend at CNN uh, to talk about uh, her husband's current condition, his cognitive condition. Uh, And uh, she makes a case for him being, you know, tip top. And it's just, it's just not a good case. Let's listen. Now your husband is 80 years old. Mm -hmm. If he wins a second term, he would be 82 at inauguration. What do you say to those people who say maybe he's too old to be president? Are those fair questions and conversations to be having? I say, look at what he's done. You know, look at what he's doing. Look at how um, physically he's got the good bill of health from the doctors to his physicals. But how many 30-year-olds could travel to Poland, get on the train, go nine more hours, go to Ukraine, meet with President Zelensky. His energy level, his level of passion. So look at the man. Look what he's doing. (laughs) Can I just say that is the worst defense I've ever heard. First of all, Joe Biden says the same thing. Watch me. We are watching, Joe. We're watching. And we are just, uh, we're concerned. Watch me. We watch him when he walks off stage and wonder, we watch him as he stumbles down the stairs, up the stairs. We watch him as he falls all over himself, as he tells lies and makes up stories and loses his train of thought. We are watching and it's embarrassing. But the, the, (laughs) the point she makes Uh, the question she asks, how many 30 year olds could do that? Can I answer? Can I answer doctor? All of them, all 30 year olds. I mean, unless they're like like terminally ill or something. I mean, what 30 year old couldn't fly somewhere and then take a train somewhere? Why is that so physically demanding? Your president should be able to do that at any age. But what 30-year-old couldn't do that? What would prevent a 30-year-old from flying in a plane and riding on a train? 
she's like, she's acting like he just ran a freaking marathon. Uh, I'll give you a, a counterpoint to that. What if Joe Biden had to fly and take the train to meet someone in Ukraine by himself, like without Air Force One, had to get on a whatever, American Airlines jet, and then figure out in Poland, in Warsaw, how to take the train to Kiev. I've, I've done this before. I've taken a train in, in Europe. It's confusing, especially if there's a language issue. I've taken a train in, you know, New York, and it can be confusing. You're saying, where is it? Where Joe Biden, without the help of, you know, his staff of 97 people and nurses and visiting angels, could never take a flight to Europe, take a flight to Poland and a train to Ukraine. He could never. I mean, in a thousand years, he could never handle the stress, the confusion, the language issues. He could never, ever do it. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Ron DeSantis could do it. I'll bet you Vivek Raswami could do it. Uh, probably Donald Trump could do it. Joe Biden could never, ever do it. He was on a train for nine hours. So what? He, has, he had a private car, probably had a bed. He had nurses, food, drink, you know, had his favorite pajamas. What, what does that prove? That's supposed to be a test of stamina. Someone has to tell her, you got to come up with another defense. Uh, I'm looking at this poll from the other day. Nobody thinks he's capable of running again. No, Nobody. No one. Uh, this is from a Yahoo YouGov poll released last week. A majority of registered voters believe President Biden is too old for another term. And more Democrats agree rather than disagree with this assessment. Democrats, 48% agree Biden's advanced days is a problem, uh, more than the 34% who disagreed. 34% of Democrats think Joe Biden is, is not too old. Two-thirds of Democrats think he's too old. Democrats, 80% of Democrats, uh, I'm sorry, uh, where's the number for uh, independents? A majority of independents, 71% said that age 82 was too old to start a second term. <laughs> That's uh, independence. Those are the people he has to win. Uh, nobody thinks he's capable. Hell, most people um, don't think he's capable now of handling the stress, the strain, the demands of the job. The idea that at 82 he could do it, he could debate, he could debate Trump or debate DeSantis. Uh, the idea that at 86 he would still be functioning uh, is, is absolutely comical. That's an L. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, Charlie Kirk tweeted, Robert Kennedy Jr. is considering a run. This will be fascinating uh, for a number of reasons. First of all, Kennedy does not care if the establishment pressures him and says, no, you got to you know, clear the field. We got an incumbent. We, you know, is our best. Ch-. He won't care. He's, he's become a pariah in mainstream Democrat politics. He thinks Fauci is the biggest, biggest scoundrel in the world today. He is a rebel and he has kind of a big name. I think he'd be able to raise some money. He's he has trouble speaking. We know his voice is shot. So debating will be tough, but it, there will be a challenge. There will not be just be Marianne Williamson. There will be a challenge, which means he'll have to debate in the primaries. He'll have to campaign. He can't hide in his basement like he did a couple of years ago. Those days are over. I know the media will do their best to get him reelected, but he will have to show himself and he will have to speak and answer questions. And he can barely do that now. 
these things get worse. I've explained many times. The one thing with dementia, uh, which is scary and sad, and, and Bruce Willis's family is living through it right now, it gets worse every day. I mean, you do have good days and bad days, but you never get better. You, you, your memory doesn't suddenly come back. You don't take a friggin' whatever, a pill, an Adderall, and suddenly you're tipped up. He's in the throes of dementia, and it's going to get progressively worse, and there is no way he could perform the functions of the U.S. president at 82, 84, 86. And I, I know the strategy. I know the strategy is just lie. That's the strategy. Oh, yeah. You could admit, you know, things are tough. He's struggling or whatever. He's, he's, he's going to, you know, he'll be okay. You could admit that the southern border is wide open. You could admit that we're squandering hundreds of billions in Ukraine to protect his family's investments. You could admit the truth. They will never do that. That is the philosophy of the administration, and no one exemplifies it better than Karine Jean-Pierre. She's a terrible uh, press uh, spokesman. She's a terrible liar. I mean, she literally stands there and lies to the world every day, and nobody believes her. This was a remarkable moment yesterday. Corinne Jean-Pierre asked about one of the biggest problems facing the country is the Biden administration opening the borders wide open, allowing fentanyl to pour in, killing hundreds of thousands of young Americans. It's kind of a big problem. Uh, we know that we're not even near the border. I can't imagine what it's like down there watching these, these cartels just control our southern border. She's asked, asked about it. And just goes full, you know, John Lovitz, just just flat out lies. No concern for the fact that everyone knows she's lying, doesn't care. That's the that's the approach she's gonna take. Let's watch as cringe John Pierre is asked about the fentanyl problem. Go ahead. So cartels kill Americans on this side of the border with drugs, and now they're killing Americans on the other side of the border with guns. Why is President Biden so comfortable? with cartels operating so close to the U.S.? Well, let's be very clear. Let me take on the drug part here, because since you brought this up, um, because of the work that this president has done, because of what we've done specifically on fentanyl at the border, it's at historic lows, historic levels, uh, that we have been able to uh, record a number of personnel working to secure the border because of what we've been able to do. Seizing that fentanyl, uh, we've done it in a historic way. Fentanyl. That's because of what this president has done. I just talked about 23,000 federal agents that have been able to be, uh, uh, that we've been able to hire and put at the border to secure the border. On top of that, historic sanctions going after traffickers and other financiers are helping disrupt fentanyl supply chains throughout their flow to the U.S. And we're really expanded access to treatments like uh, that are saving lives, if you think about it, which prevent overdoses expanding as, uh, as our fentanyl test strips. Uh, and through the removal of the X waiver, anyone registered to pres prescribe controlled medications can now uh, prescribe life-saving medication to treat addiction. So again, we are seizing fentanyl at record historic <laughs> levels because of what the because of the seizing at record levels. It's coming in at record levels. Imagine the when you think of that. That's your argument. We're seizing record levels of fentanyl. That's because record levels are coming in. You can't get it all. You don't probably get. You probably get like two percent of it. We are. What's the exact phrasing she said? We are fentanyl at, at record levels. We're seizing fentanyl. Fentanyl's at historic lows. And I think that was Peter Ducey. And you can hear him go, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. no. I mean, it's, I, I, I think it's funny listening to her every day. 
but nobody believes her. I mean, she's, she's not smart enough to pull off, you know, to just lie to your face and convince you she's telling the truth. It just doesn't work. Uh, it's rec- record lows. They, they just, they don't care. They don't care about the people dying from fentanyl poisoning. They don't care. Most of them are white trash from middle America, from mid Midwest. They don't care about those people. As we saw in East Palestine, they care about potential Democrat voters. And as long as the borders open, they know most of those people once they get to vote, we'll support them. That's what it's all about. That's the only explanation. Nothing else makes any sense. Uh, but uh, we'll see if they continue to seize record amounts of fentanyl. Gee, why do you think that is, cringe? Why do you think that is? By the way, uh, I know uh, I know you have, um, uh, how do I say this, Arnett? You've got a slight weight problem, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever considered a tummy tuck surgery? Cause I know a clinic in Mexico, you can get a real good deal on it. If you're interested. Yeah. Come with a side of bullets. This, this story, I mean, it's the, the media is all over it is amazing. And I guess, you know, you have some respect, the poor woman, she must be a heartbroken. Two of her friends, three of her friends escort her to Mexico so she can get discount tummy tuck surgery at a Mexican clinic. They end up in the crossfire of a gun battle with the cartel. Uh, they get taken hostage. They get tortured. Two of them are dead. Two of them survived, including the woman who was there for tummy tuck surgery. Have you ever seen a better advertisement for, I don't know, diet and exercise? <laughs> in your life. I shouldn't be laughing. It's a sad, disturbing story. And the video is just horrifying. But uh, how did that seem like a good idea? You, I mean, I know maybe, I know dieting's not easy. You know that Ironhead, but uh, I'm downtown. I would think think it'd be my last resort, last, last resort, not only to go to Mexico, to go to these dangerous places in Mexico, but actually let some Mexican surgeon cut you open and, and do the thing with the, with the intestine, whatever they do when they, uh, it was gastric bypass. Is that what she was there for? Imagine allowing some Mexican surgeon to do that to you. That's your answer to being a little overweight. Yeah. That those, well, those are when the people wake up in a tub full of ice and missing organs. Right, right. <laughs> wake up missing a leg. It's like, what? And her friends were there to help her. I don't know. Maybe there's more to the story, but uh, two of them, came home in a box and it's sad and it's disturbing, but uh, I can't, even if Mexico were safe, even if there were no cartels controlling that, would you really think that was a good idea because you had to put on a little weight? I mean, have you considered, uh, I don't know, low carbonate? <laughs> was that a thought? Uh, and, and I heard that, I just heard it on one of the news reports. She went because it was $3,000 less in Mexico. $3,000 less. So you take four people to Mexico, you drive from South Carolina, you pay a Mexican surgeon in what cash. I mean, what do you pay him in drugs, <laughs> pay him in cocaine. And you think you're going to live happily ever after be nice and fit and tight and trim. I don't know. I think you'd better off have been a little chunky lady. Just, I mean, she has to live with the guilt of two of her friends not coming home. But uh, sad story, disturbing story. But I don't, I don't think there's going to be an influx or an outbreak of Americans heading to Mexico for tummy tuck surgery. All right, let's get to uh, this this crazy, this crazy ESPN story. This feud between JJ Reddick and uh, 
Kendrick Perkins Park. Boy, does Perk sound like an idiot, but uh, first let me do Shea. Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down Shea Concrete. They've got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. Is not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. All right, I understand what K- Kendrick Perkins, I understand where he's coming from. If you missed it, Kendrick Perkins said, uh, 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 white guys just win the MVP. White guys like uh, uh, not um, Steve Nash, um, uh, who else? Nowitzki, Nowitzki. He didn't go back to the Larry Bird days. He just talked about uh, Steve Nash, Nowitzki, and uh, Jokic. Jokic. Joker, we call him. Joker uh, is, uh, I don't know if he's going to win. I don't even know if he's favored. He's in the MVP race again. He's won a couple of MVPs in a row. He's had, he has historic numbers. He's a triple-double machine. That's what I was going to say. When you go on DraftKings and you go to bet him to get a triple-double, it's not plus money, which is insane. Really? Yeah. Uh, I have the numbers here. It's 19. Oh, this is last year when he won. He had 19 triple-doubles. Last year, and Perkins points out uh, in making the case against him that he didn't lead the league in scoring or whatever. Um, last year, he won overwhelmingly. He won the MVP. He's the only player ever with 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists. So he's making history. Uh, and and obviously, he's vital to his team and getting these triple doubles and sharing the rock. And uh, the voters, the, the crazy thing here, and again, I understand what Perkins is doing. He's trying to please his bosses. The first thing ESPN, when they look at a story, they wonder, can we make it about race? Can we make it black versus white? Can we make it about racism? Can we make it about white supremacy? That's what they do. That's why how they operate. Again, there are two requirements. If you're going to work at ESPN, you must hate Donald Trump. You must love Colin Kaepernick. Perkins knows this. I mean, he's not the smartest guy in the world, but he's not a moron. He knows what his bosses, what his colleagues, what they want to hear. If you can inject race into a story, you should, period. So he looks at an MVP, a white guy. I always think that, I used to think that there was a prejudice against foreigners over Americans, not because of race, just because they're foreigners and your first instinct is to your country. But now some foreigner wins the MVP and it's because of his skin color. It's just so, it's just so flimsy and flawed and just so stupid. As, uh, as Barkley said, it's stupid and it's idiotic. It's both. Uh, but uh, let's listen to Perkins. We can listen. We can play the feud. God, I'm giving a JJ Reddick. I don't always agree with him, but he called him out on the same show on the same network and it got uncomfortable. It was good TV. Again, 
their priority is not good TV. Their priority is pushing the narrative that everyone's racist. I can't think of any group would be less likely to be racist than NBA beat writers. I mean, these are, for the most part, these are wokesters. You know, these are people who want to be on ESPN. These are people who uh, love Kaepernick and hate Trump. That's who votes for the most part for MVP voting. They voted overwhelmingly for Joker last year over Joel Embiid. They may do it again, which will upset Perkins. But the idea that NBA beat writers, that oh, lots of them are black. I mean, women, they're, 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 most of them are uh, you know, woke. Most of them are, are very liberal. They're not giving anyone the advantage because they're white. It's so absurd on its face, but let's listen to this absolutely idiotic take from uh, Kendrick Perkins. So I didn't know if I wanted to wait to bring this conversation on no mercy or was it appropriate for first take? And damn it, I'm here, so it's appropriate for first take. So let me get let me get us in outside of our comfort zone a little bit. When we talk about the MVP conversation, is it Uchiwali or is it one mic? That's what Jay-Z said. I just want to know what song are we dancing to? Because I'm walking up into the club. I got my J's on. I didn't know it was a dress code to put on church shoes. So when I say that, Stephen A., when I come on here every single time and I ask, what is the criteria for the MVP and how the goalposts move? I'm asking these questions for a reason. And so when I t- when I look at JJ and I hear him talk because he's so big in analytics and he's he's a historian when it comes down to diving in deep and going back into history and talking about the evolution of the game, why didn't he never bring up this in particular subject? When it comes down to guys winning MVP since 1990, it's only three guys that won the MVP that wasn't top 10 in scoring. Do you know who those three guys were? Who are they? Steve Nash, Jokic, and uh, Dirk Nowinski. No. Dirk Nowinski. <laughs> what, do the, what do those guys have in common? I'll let, you sit, I'll let it sit there and marinate. You think about it. <laughs> yeah. So if you're not top 10 in scoring, by the way, Nowinski wasn't top 10 in scoring. He is so good, Dirk. <laughs> I I don't remember this. He's just, he's just pulling this out of his rectum that they look at that. They are all white. That's why they won. And it was probably someone there at ESPN patting him on the head. Nice job. Never thought of that way to inject race. I should look up all the voters and I guarantee you there's not one voter, maybe one voter for Trump. Dirk Nowitzki, Dirk Nowitzki, by the way, is sixth all time in NBA scoring. Uh, check that the year he won. I believe it was after Nash won back to back. But the idea that you have to be top 10 in scoring, I got, I got a stat for Kendrick Perkins, former Celtic. Um, Bill Russell, I'm going to guess Perk would be a big fan of Bill Russell. I'm a big fan of Bill Russell. Bill Russell's career averaged 15 points a game. He never averaged 20 points a game. His career shooting percentage was 44%. Now I know percentages are higher now. Uh, and, and, and Perkins pointed out that uh, he held the record for uh, Celtics highest uh, shooting percentage until Robert Williams broke it. But uh, Bill Russell never led the league in scoring, never averaged 20. Was he not MVP? Cause he won five times. Would that, was that unfair? Cause you know, he wasn't a top scorer. 
Steve Nash was a point guard. I mean, don't you know that, Kendrick Perkins? His job was to to share the ball, to set his teammates up. He scored, but uh, he wasn't out there as a scorer. He's upset that he beat out Kobe Bryant. You know, yeah, because the, the media was, had such a bias against Kobe Bryant. I'm not sure uh, Perkins thought this through, but uh, I guess it worked. Got a lot of eyeballs on the uh, uh, on the show, and everybody, you know, uh, had, took a side, which is what they're there for. But uh, yeah. Perkins, uh, do we have I want, before we get to Barkley? Do we have uh, JJ Redick? Yep, uh, Dirk won in 2007. Uh, averaged 24.6 points, 8.9 boards, and three and a half assists. So was he top 10 in scoring? I just want to check because it doesn't seem right that 24 points a game is not top 10 in scoring that year. Yeah. Uh, just check that because I, 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 I mean, nobody checked. I don't think anyone was checking his, uh, his math on that. But Joker, Joker won in a landslide last year. He got 65 first place votes. Uh, Embiid was second. Wasn't even close. And it may happen again. Although, you know, Perkins put people on notice. You pick the white guy again, you're coming through me. And uh, J.J. Reddick, by the way, he's the one that uh, uh, said that the old-time players said Bob Cousy was going against whatever, plumbers and firemen when he played in the NBA and said Larry Bird wasn't a top, I don't know, top 10 shooter. And J.J. Reddick's young, but that's just stupid. That's dumber than anything Perkins has ever said. By the way, did you understand what Perkins was talking about when he was making references to dress codes and sneakers? And I have you know, no idea. He, he's a he's a rambler. <laughs> he sure is. And sometimes, man, I need subtitles. I don't know what the hell he's saying. Uh, but uh, let's listen to uh, Perk uh, Reddick uh, go at Perkins. This is pretty good. Got to admit, Stephen A. Smith stays out of it. Go ahead. I want to say I want to just say something. Beck, give, Stephen give A, I, I mean uh, Stephen A, I mean, I mean no offense to you, and I mean no offense to First Take, because I think this show is extremely valuable. It is an honor to be on this desk every day. It really is. But what we've just witnessed is the problem with this show, where we create narratives that do not exist in reality. The implication, what you are implying that the white voters that vote on NBA are racist, that are, they, they favor white people. You I just not, said that. You ju- not, yes, you did. I yes, did you did. Not, did. Yes, you did. That I is did exactly not, what you implied, not, Kendrick Perkins. That is exactly what you implied. Secondly, hold on, hold on. I did not call. I stated the facts. I stated the facts. And you're not about to sit up We all know what you implied the other day. We all know what you implied just now. Hold on. I stated the facts. One at a time. It's the facts. It's the facts. It's the facts. Okay. It's a fact. Uh, I'm sorry. He's uh, Perkins, uh, oddly enough, is out of his weight class there. Reddick's just speaking clearly and he's saying, he's repeating, he's characterizing what Perkins did. And then Perkins denies it. It's exactly what you did. The white voters. Oh, no, he just said the voters. He didn't say the white voters. The voters in general, many of them are black women, most of whom are liberal, uh, favor the white guy over the black guy. For strictly for race of the race is the uh, uh, the reason <laughs> that's what he said uh, and uh, uh, that's pretty classic right there Stephen A saying one at a time <laughs> um, Dirk Stephen was a, a 11th by the way that year 
Oh, so he's right. I'm sorry. You're right. That was 11th in scoring. So if he were 10th, Perkins argument would fall apart, but I don't remember anybody. Even when Nash won or, or Novisky won, I don't remember anyone injecting race into it, but this is the day age we live in. When you're they're, on ESPN. Good, they're good players. They were great players. And then by the way, they were good last year. Denver had the best record in the West. Uh, Beck had the second best record in the NBA, had a better record than the, than the Sixers. His team won, and he was the most valuable guy on the best team. But uh, we don't have to go into all the things Charles Barkley said in reaction to this. He called Perkins stupid and idiotic, but here's the best part. Quote, I always talk about ESPN disease, said Barkley. A lot of these guys, when they get on TV, they're like, well, I'm on ESPN. I got to say something provocative. And you know the thing about it? You're always going to get some fools out there. You guys probably get some fools calling in, agreeing with him. I can promise you this. I've never said anything just to get clicks. I believe that. Perkins is saying something just to get pats on the head. Clicks, I guess. But he knows who he's working for. And he knows they love when someone can find the way to inject race or racism into it. And that's what he did. But, boy, he sounds like an idiot. Anyway, that'll do it for today. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank, hey, Ironhead, is your family okay? I know you had a funeral yesterday. How did it go? It was good. It was smooth. Um, I don't know. <laughs> They're so much fun. It was a great time. We all had a blast. Yeah, a good time. Yeah, I love Yeah, we got a lot of funerals. Uh, your uncle passed? Yeah, he did. He had a, a stroke in the middle of the night, and it didn't so go So it wasn't well. true that he uh, got killed by one of your pit bulls? No, no. He killed one of my neighbors. That was a, oh, one of the neighbors. That's okay. Yeah, you don't have to go to that funeral. It's not family, but uh, good. I hope uh, hope your family, hope your uh, all your uh, loved ones are doing okay. We missed you. We missed you. I hurt. Yeah, we did. We did. Although uh, Montante blamed you for everything that went wrong. So yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I I clicked the stream to see how it was looking. And the background of my show was behind you, which is a, a dummy with like a drooling mouth and shit. And I was like, I don't think Newsmax right. is going to like that. No, <laughs> no. Well, we I think we got it fixed. I don't yeah. know, but it's good to have you back. Uh, I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.